Shalom Aleichem, Erev Tov. We are finally back in the En Ayah that we started way back in the summer. And I apologize that it has been so long. Between the high holidays and then the break that we took after the high holidays and then the tangent that we took in the Mesilat Sharim. So we have been away from this text, the primary text, for a long time. For those of you who are listening online, and you listened to this Anaya two classes ago or three classes ago, this won't make any sense to you. But for those of you who are listening to this live, uh, we are in back in the book. So because it's been so long since we last looked at the book, I'm going to review quickly what we've studied in the past inside. I will not review what we studied in the Ramchal. That's not relevant right now anymore. Uh, if you need to elaborate on that, you're welcome to look back in the last few Agarata recordings. For right now, we are in the Gemara, in the Enayad, the commentary on the Gemara by Rav Kook. And Rav Kook is going to introduce us to a concept that he's trying to share with us. Now, let me tell you what's bothering Rav Kook. We have an argument here. Whether the nighttime is made up of three watches or four watches. Is the night made up of three parts? If the night is made up of three parts, how many hours is in each watch? Three. Four. four. If the night is made up of four watches, three. three. Something is bothering Harav Kuk, meaning what is the significance of this argument, whether or not there are three or four watches in the night? Now you have to understand, in the Peshat level, we've already discussed this. Here we're talking in the realm of Agadah. In the realm of Agadah, there must be something we can learn from this divide between three or four, meaning dividing the night in three or four. So with me, I don't want you to lose me. So please pay attention and make sure Rav Kook's words are cryptic. As cryptic as they are, I will do my best to elaborate them as possible. And let's go through this together. So if you look in hey, My Kasavav. Rabbi Eliezer. What did Rabbi Eliezer actually believe? If he believed that the night is broken up into three mishmarot, three watches, he didn't have to tell us how many watches are in the night. He should have just told us, you can say Shema until four hours into the night. And if he believed that the night is made up in four watches, he should have just told me that we have three hours to say Shema. I mean, what's the opinion here? The Gemara says, From when do we read Shema in the evening? What does Rabbi Yezil say? From Tzedek Chavim until? The end of the first watch. Thank you, Elchanan. Chachamim say until? Chatzot. Rabban Gamliel says, Ad Alot HaShachar, until dawn. So here, we're now talking Rabbi Eliezer. If Rabbi Eliezer believed the night is made up of three watches, he should have just said, you can say Shema until four hours. If he believed the night is made up of four watches, he should have told us, you can say Shema until three hours. The Gemara wants to know, what does Rabbi Eliezer really believe? Now here, Harav Kuk is trying to say there's something more we can understand here. Harav Rabbi Eliezer should have just told us how many hours. The fact that he chose not to mention hours, 
but he chose to mention watches, means there's something about the watch that we need to know. Let's read together. Says I feel the need to analyze deeper the words of our Chachamim of blessed memory. What is the deeper meaning of the root of this argument, whether or not the night is made up of three watches or four watches? Now here's what Rav Kook tells us in parentheses. Even though the main, the real answer is very deep. And I, in my simpleness, Rav Kook is talking about himself. I'm too simple of a man to understand anything about the secrets of the Gemara. Nonetheless, I will lean on the kindness of the Creator. That He should allow me to understand even just a little bit. That I should understand even the tip of the iceberg of the wisdom of our Chachamim. He said, and before we understand three watches or four watches, we first have to understand what are the angels singing about in these watches? What's the purpose of angels singing? What's going on here in the next world when the angels are single, singing? And what that has to do with the foundations of our emunah, of our faith. Once we understand why the angels sing, we can then discuss why they sing three times or four times. But first we have to do some work. We find regarding the Merkava. What is the Merkava? It's secrets of the Torah, but what is the Merkava? Yechezkel has a very elaborate vision of the Merkava, so to speak, the chariot of Hashem, the chair of uh, the, the, the chariot. Do you know what chariot is? It's a, a wagon. You know, like, a, like a, the king used to go on a big chariot behind horses. The chariot of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, Yechezkel. Shehem Arba Panim. They have four sides, the chariot. Pneshol. One side is the face of an ox. An ox? One side is the face of a lion. One side is the face of an eagle. By the way, for all the people who say you can't have images of non-kosher animals, so far we're doing one kosher animal and two non-kosher animals. Yes? The face of a human being. So the four sides of the chariot are made up of these four things. An ox, a lion, an eagle, and a person. And even though these things, these matters, are very lofty, they're very deep things. That I am not able to speak about them, says Rav I will speak a little bit about these matters, as much as Hashem allows me. Based on the simple meaning of these things. It's always amazing to me. Uh, I had a student, Kabbalah. Pshat in the Zohar. I said, listen, my dear friend, I, I'm not a Kabbalist, I don't know the Zohar, but 
you cannot say the word the Peshat in the Zohar because either it's Peshat or it's the Zohar. I mean, either, either or. You're not going to confuse the two things here. The simple meaning doesn't happen in a text that you believe is the most intricate text on earth. Harathuk is telling you, I'm going to analyze the Merkava together with you in the most Peshat way possible, in what I'm allowed to speak. Our rabbis of blessed memory they taught us. This is the Pasuk in Tilim, Tilim, that we will do greatness with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. That when the Jewish people listen to a Kadosh Baruch Hu, they do the will of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. They add strength to the strength of heaven. Now this concept already is a complicated concept. But imagine that the actions that we do when we follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they give koach, they give strength to the heavenly realm. And when we do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we give strength and holiness up above. Because we are learning Torah and we are serving the Creator, we help Shamayim. This concept, by the way, is a radical concept in Judaism. I'm sure there are many different understandings of it. But to understand simply, if a Peretz were here, he would tell you, the simple thing is you don't have to understand exactly what happens when you do mitzvot and Torah and how that influences the other worlds. But just be aware the things that you do, you think they're not important, you think they're not significant. Every mitzvah that you do, and lo'alinu, the other direction, you do the math on your own. Every action that you do affects the heavens. Everything. There's a famous Ashkenazi rabbi, Rabbi Chaim of Velozhin, he wrote a book called Nefesh Chaim. Also wrote a book called Ruach Chaim. Ruach Chaim is in Pachyavot. He writes... That if a person would know that when they do a mitzvah, they accomplish in this world something greater than Shilamu HaMelech who built the Ben Mikdash. And that when a person does an avera, they do worse than what Titus, Yimach Shemov Zichot, did when he destroyed the Ben Mikdash. A person needs to realize your actions, they're not just, in, they're not, just not insignificant, they're very significant. Everything that you do is important. When we walk in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch and we cling to His character, what do we cling to the way HaKadosh How do you cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's character traits? What are HaKadosh tell us? Just like He is compassionate, you be compassionate. Just like He is merciful, you be merciful. Just like He is kind, you be kind. Just like He visits the sick, you visit the sick. Just like He... T- you understand? You act in the way of HaKadosh Baruch Barach. And when we know the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and everything that we go up, the worlds above us, they go higher also. Every level you grow, the heavens also grow. When we stop for a moment, says Rav Kuk. And so now we understood one thing. We're going to talk about the Merkava. In order to talk about the Merkava, we have to talk about a few other things. The first thing is to understand that everything that you do directly influences the Shammai. Everything. 
והנה כשנבחין חלקי השלמות הראויים לאדם. הרב קוק says that when you stop and you analyze for a moment the parts that you need inside of you, the elements that you need in order to be a perfect person, ובפרט לנוחלי תורת אדוני, especially to those who inherit Hashem's Torah, נמצאם חלוקים לארבע מחלקות. We find that they are broken up into four parts, four categories. Every person who wants to be close to HaKadosh Baruch needs the, these four things. Ha'alef, the first one. Hu shelemut ha'avoda b'fo'al. That is practically serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How do you serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu? L'kayem kol mitzvot Hashem itbarach, to fulfill all of the mitzvot of Hashem. And to stay away from all the things he told us not to do. Very simply, the first thing you need to do in order to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to, to become the best person you can be is to listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Listen to the things he told you to do and stay away from the things he told you to stay away from. You think this is simple? This is a person who spends her whole life trying to do this. What does it say? Sof davar hakonishma. At the end of the day, this is all. Listen, fear God, listen to his mitzvot, because that's the whole purpose of a human being. So step one, listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There are many people in the world who elude themselves. They think that they're on some spiritual path of revelation, meditation, nirvana, closeness to Borei Olam, whatever they're calling those things. You cannot be connected in a normal way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu without listening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's like you have a spouse. You want to get close to them. How do you get close to them? You say, oh, here's the thing a spouse has to do. I have to buy chocolates. I have to get roses. I have to you make a list of all the things. Here's the thing. Your wife, she's allergic to chocolate. She's aller- she has, every time she smells roses, she has to go to the emergency room. And, and, and then what do you do? You keep doing that. Why? Because you in your head, you decided, how do I love HaKadosh Baruch Hu? I love her exactly the way I said I'm going to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu told you how to love him. He told you exactly what to do. He told you exactly what not to do. It's not fair if you have a friend. Your best friend, he's a vegan. And you invite him every time. Ah, I want to take you out for dinner. My favorite steakhouse is in your neighborhood. Listen, your friend is a vegan. You want to take him out for dinner? Don't take him out somewhere he doesn't want to eat. You can't take a Kadosh Baruch Hu out to not kosher restaurants and then decide, ah, don't worry, a Kadosh Baruch Hu loves me anyways. At a certain point, you have to listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a certain amount of, I must listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's step one of getting close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's like I forgot. We continue. Yes. Would that be called the fourth step? Step number one. This is the most basic of the steps. Step number two. Number two. To refine your character. To walk in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Based on what our rabbis taught us, that Chasidut, we mentioned already before, what is Chasidut? We spent weeks. People were asking me, why are we learning Misat Tisharim in the middle of Agarita class? Because I had to define for you what is Chasidut. Until you sat in that, in that class on Misat Tisharim, everyone thought Chasidut is you pray so much, you go to the mikveh so much, you know, so much, you keep Shabbat so much. And then you realize, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutato leaves three seconds 
to say about how much you pray and the mitzvot that you do, and the rest, how you help other people. What you do for other people. The chesed, he give you hundreds of examples of chesed for other people. Midat chesed, he ha kolelet kol kulan. The character trait of chesed, of kindness, includes in it all of the other good character traits in the world. The, the definition of chasidut, the root of chasidut, the word chasidut, piety, is chesed. And like the true chasid, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato explains in his book, Mesilat Tisharim. So step one, to do the mitzvot and to stay away from avirot. That's practical mitzvot. Step two, mitzvot about refining your character. How to be a good person. A good person, a, a refined person. I want to tell you a rule. Anytime you meet a person who claims to be observant of mitzvot, but they are not a good person, they're not a refined person, you can say they don't keep Shabbat. Maybe they do keep Shabbat. I don't know what they keep. I'm not sure. Because that's step one. But beyond that, step two is, is the chasidut v'lamikunat. A person has to be refined. You should not, at least, at the very least, you should not spend too much time with somebody who keeps Shabbat but is a criminal. Maybe you want to visit them in prison to do a mitzvah. Be like, fine, okay, you want to do a mitzvah. But more than that, somebody who does mitzvot but isn't a good person is a, is a very dangerous person. Gimen. Now we've never gone past here. So I paused here and I tell you all about chasidut and the eyes of I thought that class would take me one class. But little did I know, I mean, I probably did know. Things take longer here to learn than uh, everywhere else. And so, now the next step. Is to know all of the Torah that is revealed with all of its details. When the Mekubalim talk about a revealed Torah, what are they referring to? They're referring to the Torah that's not Kabbalah. Yeah? Tanakh, Mishnah, Talmud, Rambam, Shulchan Aruch, all of those things. That's, you have to know all of that, and with all of its details. Because really that's the only way you can even fulfill step number one. To do all of the mitzvot, you have to know how to do all of the mitzvot. You also will begin to decorate your soul. It's a beautiful term. You decorate your soul when you begin to understand Torah. It's not just that you do the Torah. You begin to understand the Torah. Now the Torah becomes a part of you. If I had to give you an example, a person who works in a perfume store and they walk out of the store, you know what they smell like? Like perfume. It's like a person who works in a garbage dump and they leave the garbage dump. They smell like when a person is involved in Torah, they learn Torah, and they internalize the Torah, that's what Arav Kuk is talking about. It's not just to learn in an intellectual fashion only. Allow the Torah to become you. Now in category number three, there's two separate categories. Okay, so we have category one, category two, now we're in three, knowing the Torah, but that three has two levels. Let's read about them. One is a lower, facing downwards. All 
the realm that we live in down here, all of the mitzvot that you do, that you keep, that you observe, all of those mitzvot, that's step one. It's how it affects you, how it affects your life, how it affects everything that you do in this world. Vashani, the second part of knowing the Torah, she poelet pulat siur hamuskalot hamitiyot banefesh, shehu shenemut hanefesh. That this is when you lift up more than just that. You perfect your soul. You perfect your neshama. You make your neshama more perfect than it was before. Shari mishpatei Hashem itbarach emet. Because the laws of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are true. Ukshehem itztairim benefesh hi mitateret umosifa kavod ukdusha. And when these laws of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they begin to be engraved on your nefesh, on your soul, then you start adding holiness and honor to your nefesh. Understand there's two steps here to learning Torah. There's learning Torah and there's internalizing Torah. Those two things are not the same, but they're both part of step three. Step one, observe the mitzvot, stay away from avirot. Step two, refine your character traits. Step three, learn all of the Torah in two levels. One, learn all of it intellectually, but two, study all of it until it affects your neshama, literally affects your neshama. That when your neshama walks out of you, it smells like a perfume store. It smells like the Torah. Everybody's with me so far? No, to learn all of the mitzvot and the halachot and everything you need. That's one. And number two is to internalize all of that Torah. Very good. Hadalad, the fourth and final step. Hu hachotam v'hatachlit shel kol shalosh ha-ma'alot ha-kdumot v'apri ha-yotzemihen. This is the purpose. This is the goal of all of the three steps beforehand. This is the fruit, he says, that comes out of the first three steps. Now you know the Torah. Your neshama is influenced by the Torah. Now step number four, to know the creator of the universe. To know him. What does it mean to know him? You have a halakha that requires you to know the creator. Where is that halakha found? There's no halakha in the Shulchan Aruch. Very good. The Rambam. What does the Rambam say? The first chapter. What does he say? Sefer Ta'at, first chapter. Very good. You have to know the creator of the world. Why know and not believe? Because otherwise you're just relying on faith in something that you don't really have any connection to. Okay. I said this in a shiur once. And I got some angry YouTuber commenting at me for months afterwards because I said this. My judgmental attitude, it wasn't mine. I'm just reading the Rambam for you. Rabbi Yosef Kapach, he writes, We are commanded to know the Creator. What do we know the Creator? Not, what is HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Explain. Who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Explain. Where is HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Explain. How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu work? Explain. You don't know those things? That means that you are believing in what? In a God that you made up. Because you made up what is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if you believe in a God that you made up, then you're no different than any other idol worshiper in the whole world. They also made up a God and believe in Him. You're not allowed to believe in Hashem because you don't know what Hashem is. You have to know Hashem. When you know Hashem, you're not believing anymore. 
What does it mean to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Don't get scared now. Don't get scared. It's step number four. For a reason. You must do all of this work to totally know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what the Torah says. Atah We say it in the Tefillah. Atah Horet Aladat Ki Adonai Hu HaElohim Enod Midvado You were shown HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know that He's the only God. That's your job. You can't believe in a God you made up. That's what the Torah says. No, don't make for yourself any God. So you can only believe in a Kadosh Baruch But you can only know Him if you know Him. If you don't know Him, it can make, it's like a person who's uh, dating somebody they never met before. It's not even today. You have FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, and all kinds of pictures, Facebook profiles. Imagine the olden days. They told you, hey, there's some girl, some guy on the other side of the world. Let me give you her phone number. You guys are talking on the phone. You talk on the phone. Maybe you write letters to each other. You send uh, telegrams, not like the new telegram, like the original telegrams. You know, the old telegram they sent to each other. And then one day you meet them, and in your mind you have a picture. He looks like this. He dresses like that. He sounds like that. Ah, and then you see them. Like, oh my gosh, that's the person I was talking to my whole life? That person? So that's how we are with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can't be like that with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have to know who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And once you know, somebody asks you, do you believe in your wife? What? Believe me, believe. Do you believe that she... I don't have to believe in anything. I know her. She's right here. I know what she looks like. I know how she dresses. I know how she talks. I know what she says. I know my wife. Therefore, I don't have to believe in anything anymore. This is step number four. To know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To reach the love of HaKadosh Baruch And to have the awe of the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch You see, I'm afraid of HaKadosh Baruch because he can send me a lightning bolt and zap me into the next world. I saw a coffee mug. I don't know, it's holiday season. So there's all kinds of things in the stores. It said, if you talk to me before I finish my coffee, I will, uh, what is it? I will, um, throw you somewhere so far away that even Google won't be able to find you. So, yeah. so you, re- <laughs> you reach a certain place. You're not afraid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You are in awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does awe mean? I see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And because I see him and I see how great he is, it makes me feel like, wow. That's Yirat Shamayim. To see, when you see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are in awe. That's like, that's the only closest thing I can tell you. You're standing at the foot of Mount Everest, and you look up. What do you feel about that mountain? That's amazing. You stand, I was with my family two years ago in Yosemite Valley. So you're up on the top, and you, you look down at Yosemite Valley. Wow. Wow. It's not, it's not, that's not Stanley Park over there. That's, that's... Yosemite Valley you're standing by Niagara Falls and you can't even hear yourself anymore because the water is rushing wow see all of that that's nothing compared to the wow if you would know HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu made all of those things for him those whales you created you play games with them they're your toys HaKadosh Baruch Hu Niagara Falls is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's leaking faucet the Grand Canyon, it's where something, it's a crack in the ground for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But those feelings that you would have if you knew HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's Yirat Shamayim. People talk a lot about loving Hashem, fearing Hashem, and all of it comes from ignorance of Hashem. To truly do those things, you must familiarize yourself with the Creator of the Universe. 
it always blows my mind that in every yeshiva in the world, in every school in the world, they have chumash class and halacha class and sometimes even neviim class, not in yeshiva, but class and they have, uh, I don't know what else, Jewish holidays class and all kinds of things. And where's the class on HaKadosh Baruch class? To teach people to recognize HaKadosh Baruch And you can't do it in, in kindergarten. In kindergarten, you could, a little bit, you could talk to them. Second grade, third grade, fifth grade, eighth grade. How is it that the same HaKadosh Baruch that you believe in now is the same one you believed when you were in kindergarten? You don't do anything the same way you did in kindergarten. You don't eat the same way. You don't go to Michila. You don't go to the bathroom in the same way. Imagine you still went to the bathroom in your diapers at night. Now, for anyone who is already in that age, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Uh, imagine that you, you don't know how to eat without throwing the spaghetti in your hair anymore. People would say, what are you crazy? You didn't grow up. But we do everything. We're advanced. We eat advanced. We dress differently. We know how to go to the bathroom on our own. We all the back. We conquer the world. Except Hakadosh Baruch Hu is still from preschool. When I had pasta in my hair, that's the same Hakadosh Baruch Hu that I know now. How could it be? Who, who is responsible for teaching Am Yisrael if not us? It's hard. Of course, it's hard. It brings up very difficult questions. Yeah, you, of course. Yeah, we know. But imagine how many questions it might answer. But here's the problem. I'll tell you the problem. Is to recognize HaKadosh Baruch You can't do it in five minutes. What do you mean you can't do it in five minutes? Sometimes I finish kolal here. It's not a complaint. It's just a fact. I finish kolal, and we went 15 minutes over time. So it's 10.15 at night. You know what I feel like at 10.15 at night? We got warmed up. Now it's time to learn. I want to see everybody else falling asleep or on their way out already. They're waiting by the door to go to their car. I'm not judging. I also, if I worked hard, I'm not, no judgment. But when you learn Torah, the first hour, the first three hours, the first five hours, they're just warm up. It's like the people, you know, the athletes and the play, you think they come out of there, they throw basketball, football, they're, they're heroes. But you know how many hours they have to train for every minute they're out there on the field? We expect, comes to HaKadosh Baruch eh, we'll give an hour here, an hour there, 15 minutes here, eh, we'll know everything. How? All of those gurus in India meditating on carpets, balancing pebbles on their nose, I, everyone, all of the people in the world, they work for years, 25 years until they experience true peace. So HaKadosh Baruch doesn't deserve that? If you wanted to go be a lawyer right now, you would at least need to give seven years of your life four years of college, three years afterwards, maybe another year to finish your bar exams, eight years. How many people have given that amount of time to HaKadosh Baruch We're not talking about eight years going to Shur every night. We're talking about eight years, 16 hours a day, eight years. Sundays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Shabbat, everything. We don't even give HaKadosh Baruch the time to know Him. So how do you expect we're going to know Him? When? And the problem is you tell people, listen, Start learning now. You're going to discover the answer in 12 years from now. You know who's motivated to do that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody wants to spend 12 years. It's just not realistic for me. It's not something... Listen, all the other Jewish people in the world, they already know Hashem. I have to, I'm the only loser who has to spend 12 years knowing Hashem. That's... How of cook. Once you have Yirat Hashem and Romimut, you understand the awesomeness of Hashem. 
And you know the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu works. Why things happen. How things happen. That is the purpose of human perfection. That's the goal. You know, the Ben Chaim, he writes about people who don't wish to study secular studies. They don't want to know science. They don't want to know the way the world works. So you have an obligation to understand the creator of the universe. You have to understand where he is, how he is, what he is, how he works, how he does what he does. You don't even know why the earth quakes when there's an earthquake. You don't even understand how rain works when the sky, when it, water falls out of the sky. How do you lie to yourself that you're going to discover somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but you don't even know the rain that he made? It's not, you see, the difference between Chachamei Sfarad and Chachamei Ashkenaz, they have this concept in the Jewish world. Torah umada. We have Torah with science. Or Torah in derech eretz. These are all very Eurocentric Jewish terms. Chachamei Sfarad don't understand how are you going to have Torah if you don't have science. The same God who created the world is the same God who gave us the Torah. How are you possibly going to understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you don't understand the way lightning works in the sky? If you don't know which direction is north, south, east, west, how are you going to know where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is? You don't have any of the tools to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So how are you going to know Him? So it's not that we believe in a value of combining both. All of these things, says the Rambam, if you truly understand the way the wisdoms of the world works, there's, there's a Torah. What is the Torah? She's the chef in the kitchen. And what are all the other wisdom, science, mathematics, all of, what are they, history, what is all of that, the Rambam calls them? Kirakachot v'tabachot. In every kitchen, you go to the back, you go to this uh, five-star Michelin chef uh, kitchen. Don't worry, you have no kosher restaurants like that. But you go back there and you see, there's the chef. This guy, he won all these competitions, he's famous, makes a $2 million salary. You think he's there slicing the onions for your uh, pasta? That's not his job. What is his job? You do this, you do that, you go here, you go there. You go. He's in charge of the operation. Yes? Who, who's working hard? We call them sous chef. It must be something in French. What is a sous chef? Says the Rambam, a sous chef is what mathematics is to the Torah. A sous chef is what science is to the Torah. You have a world star chef. That's the Torah. She needs help though. She's not going to do all the work for you. Yes, everything is in the Torah. Of course, if you give the Torah all the tools it needs to understand. So the Rambam, it's not a conflict. I'm not not paying attention to the Torah when I study nature. That is my study of the Torah. So I spoke too much about this at another time. You guys are able to do a little bit more with me? So, so far we've listed the four traits. The first, observance of Torah mitzvot and staying away from the things we shouldn't do. Two, Refining our character, our midot. Three, learning Torah, step one, until we refine our neshama, step two. And the fourth is recognizing, knowing HaKadosh Baruch These are the four things. Now that we understand these four things, let's keep moving. Chava, when Kuk tells you that this is pshat, like this is a little bit that he's allowed to reveal to you, you have to ask yourself, what is he not telling us? Imagine how much more there is that he can't tell us. It's very difficult for me to give you precise English words for everything that I'm reading. I'm going to explain to you concepts, okay? 
כאשר המערכות העליונות מכוונות הן להוסיף שלמותן על ידי מעשי ישראל ושלמות קדושתם. We spoke now that when we do מצוות, we help in שמיים. When the heavenly spheres, when they accept that right now we're going to receive assistance from Am Yisrael, meaning it's one thing that we do when you give a gift to somebody. There's two parts. You give a gift and they have to receive the gift. If they don't receive the gift, did you give a gift? Sometimes I don't want the new iPhone you just gave me. So what do you do? You throw it at their forehead. You gave them a gift? No, they don't want a gift. You did your half, but they didn't receive. That's it. It's, that's how that works. Someone sends you a bill. You didn't pay. Is the bill paid? <laughs> it doesn't work. You have to... By the way, the Balei Durush, the rabbis who like to play with words, they write that a Yedid, in Hebrew, a Yedid, a friend, is a Yad and a Yad. It requires two hands. One that gives and one that receives. If you... He wrote, I think it was him, that Ahava, love, the root is a word, have. In Aramaic, have means to give. Is that really the root? I'm not saying. I'm just have, meaning that there has to be giving, there has to be taking. There's two things that happen in a relationship. So we are doing all these mitzvot, learning Torah, and we're expect, we're trying to make, just as we grow, Shamaim should grow. But up in Shamaim, there also has to be that they're receiving what we're doing. So now Rav Kuk is facing away from us, and now up to the Malachim, to the realm of the heavens. Once they accept that they are receiving assistance from us. Do you know how crazy Jews are? Do you know why people were killing us throughout our history? Because they say, oh, we don't, we, we don't run the world, we don't run Wall Street, we don't run Hollywood. And then what happens? We're telling people, we even run Shammai. <laughs> With the angels, they get their fuel from us. You're Abu Dazarah, he comes to charge by us. What do you mean? The whole world, we're running. Of course people hate us. It's not a question here. That's why we're talking here. And all of that energy that is given in the heavenly spheres is because the Jewish people are doing what HaKadosh Baruch told them to do. That's how we give power. That is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kli Umanut. Those are his tools in this world. When he created this world. What does it mean? I'll explain. Uchmoken b'hanagatoit barach. And that's also the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. V'zehu divrei ha-katuv. And that's what it says. The katuv. In Mishleim. I was with him as a confident, a source of delight every day, rejoicing before him at all times. What does it mean to be a confidant of a Kadosh Baruch Hu? What does it mean? Shedashu Chazal, our rabbis taught us, Ani hayiti kili umanuto shal Kadosh Baruch Hu kshebarat aulam. I was the tool of a Kadosh Baruch Hu in creating this world. Ve'yesh ha'ashurim yom yom, the Torah is telling you, I was with what HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. And every single day, the Yom Yom, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives life into the world, it's through me, through the Torah. Based on this, 
we can now begin to understand what does it mean, the Merkava? What is the Merkava? The chariot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Merkava, Elchanan said, were the secrets of the world. Right? We read this from the Rambam then. It's the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu run the world? The Merkava. The Merkava is a chariot. The chariot moves. This is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu moves the world. Based on the steps, the levels that the Jewish people have to accomplish. And every step that we take, there are tremendous things that are happening. That those things that we do, those energies that we create for lack of a better world, word, they help HaKadosh Baruch Hu run the world. And they are connected to their names. Now, that you understand that the things you do affect the worlds. Yes? The things that you do affect the whole world. Not just up there, also down here. Now we're going to tell you that they're also connected to their names. Let's read again the four names of the sides of the chariot of HaKadosh Baruch Have you guys are with me? Yeah, we mentioned an ox, an eagle, a lion, a human being. What does this mean, says Rav Kuk? Listen carefully. Pnei Shor, the face of the ox. Mechuvan neged hashlemut hamushpat alidei hamitzvot hamasiyot. The Pnei Shor, the face of the ox, that's the part that, what does an ox do? What's the job? What is an ox? It plows the field. Today they use tractors. But then they used to take the big metal thing and tie it to the back of the ox and he would work and he would pull. That's the daily avodat mitzvot. You, the step one that you have to take, you're an ox. You have to work hard all machut shamayim to accept the yoke of a kadosh b'chu on you. Kinyan v'rav tevot b'koach shor v'chen ha-mitzvot ha-masiyot ha-pula v'avodah. Everything that's connected to doing the will of a kadosh b'chu, what does the Navi tell us? And my nation, meaning even the ox, he knows who he works for. He knows who feeds him. My people, they don't know who feeds them. The ox is the one who works hard. That's the Avodat mitzvot. Step one of what it means to be a perfect person. What's step two? What do we say step two was? Refining your character. The face of a lion. It's on the right side of the chariot. Those of you who know Kabbalah, forgive me that I'm stepping out of my bounds here. Those of you who know Kabbalah, what is the right side? Chesed. What is Chesed? Kindness. Kindness. The Kabbalists told us. He calls them the true scholars because that's how the Mukubalim talk about it. That made be Ariel Leon de Modena very upset. You guys call yourself the true rabbis, the true wisdom, the true, the true. But Romez the Chesed, a lion, he's connected to Chesed. But he's the king of all the animals. That they all receive their goodness through the kindness of the Creator. 
They don't receive from the human beings. Think about all the animals in the world. I'm not talking about the domesticated animals. The wild animals. You go to the safari. Tell me the animals that are there. Elchanan, help me out. Tell me all of them, fast. Leopards. Cheetahs. Lions. Tell me non-predators. Zebras. Elephants. Elephants. You guys get it? Monkeys. Will the bees, snakes, all these animals, they live. They're all alive. Look, my bird in my house, if I don't feed him, in three days he'll be dead. That bird outside, he roams the whole world, he has food. Everything he needs, he's got. My bird is handicapped. I made him handicapped. But these birds, these animals, those monkeys, that snake, he doesn't look to you to feed him every day. I have a lizard, for those of you watching online, especially those who make clips out of me, this is a good one. Yeah, I have a lizard at home. My lizard, he, it's amazing, he's from Australia. She's from Australia. And in Australia, they have, a, they have a certain environment the lizard has to have. So look at that because world. Over there, they've got millions of these lizards all over the place. Nobody feeds them, nobody takes care of them, nobody, they're just alive. That's what they do. In order for me to have one lizard, I have to buy a special lamp that gives heat like the sun. But the heat of the sun is not enough. It has to be a certain temperature. So you have to have certain levels. So the lizard can go up near the sun and down. Fine. You think, God, I got the heat. Good. Next, I need another light that gives off UVB light. Because you know that they can't see colors until the sun shines a special type of light in the world. So they can see heat. And I don't know, maybe he sees black and white. But until I put the other lamp, then now, now there's color in the world. And then you need a hot side. You need a cold side. You need a certain amount of moisture. They need to eat vegetables at a certain time. Not all kinds of vegetables. Some vegetables can kill them. Not all kinds of leaves. They need the right protein, the right vitamins, the right... Then the type of insects. Not every insect. Certain insects are bad. All of this craziness to feed one lizard. The world, HaKadosh Baruch is doing that all the time. Millions and millions and millions of times with no special lights and no special diets and no special... Cal by the way, on top of the greens, I have to put a calcium powder because there's a, in the, in the domesticated, they don't get the calcium they need in the wild. All of this, HaKadosh Baruch does it on his own. The lion, who's the king of the animals, shows you the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch that animals get their parnasah every day without any human being helping them. They don't need you. Animals could live without you. In fact, most animals would live if you left them alone. Most of the animals that exist in the world were not given to human beings to use. Most animals, think about the animals that we've managed to domesticate. I now was reading an article. There's some guy, he's trying to domesticate coyotes. And the coyotes here, they want to make them house pets. The problem with the domesticating an animal is no matter how long the animal has been, in captivity, it's still, its brain is around there. That's why there's some breeds of dogs. They're, they're great friends, they're great buddies. Boom, one day, boom, they eat their owner. Why? Why? Because he, at the end of the day, he's a wolf. Yeah, He's half dog, but he's half wolf. Today, the wolf woke up. That's what happened. You didn't uh, plan to have a wolf in your house. His name's not Skippy anymore. Now, he skipped you. That's the, so what happens? Now, I, when I was in the bird store, I was talking about toucans. You know toucans? The fruit, you know, fruit Loops. <laughs> so the toucan. It's an, the toucan, there's certain breeds of toucans. 
most of the toucans have only been in captivity for about so how long, 100 years. 100 years means two generations, maybe one and a half generations of toucan. That means unlike other birds that have been in captivity for many, 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 many years, the toucans is either he was born in the wild and they brought him, or, or he was born to somebody who was born in the wild, which means he's still a wild bird. At the end of the day, his brain goes, and he's, he's, uh, there's a certain type of, the same thing, there's a certain type of other birds like that. They don't need you. Most of the animals in the world, we don't even know how to, we, we don't have a use for them. We have cows, we have donkeys, we have horses, goats, sheep, what else? What else do we use? Dogs, fine, for the people who need us. The dog, the cat, he does nothing. Just sits there, eats your food. You don't use a cat for anything. Birds, maybe the pigeons, you can send letters if you're still doing that. You can send letters. Aside from that, what are the animals have we controlled? They control the world. We're afraid of them. They say once uh, somebody came to safari in Africa, came to stay in this hotel. There's a big sign in the front of the hotel. Beware when you walk to the parking lot at night, there are wild lions. And the sign says, uh, just in case, we recommend that every guest takes pepper spray and bells to put on their clothing. The bells, they jingle, and the pepper spray in case lion gets close. They said if you're in, out there in the parking lot and you don't know if a lion's been there or not, you just check the droppings on the floor. All the lion droppings, they smell like pepper spray and they have bells inside of them. <laughs> Most of the animals in the world, we're afraid of them. It's not the other way around. Says Rav Kuk, that's why this is chesed. When you look at the animals in the wild, you see, HaKadosh Baruch feeds animals every... He gives the, the children of the animals food. He gives the animals food. He gives the children of the of the orev, a raven. He gives them food also. That's Hakadosh Baruch That's Chesed. You think a lion is scary, but a lion shows you he's the king of the jungle. There's Chesed in the world. That's not like domesticated animals. That the animals that work for us, they work, and we feed them as they work for us. Therefore, the lion who's connected to chesed, he includes all of the fixing of the character traits that has to do with chesed. Because he's the one who said the chasidut is the greatest character trait. So now you understand the first side of the ox, that's the mitzvot, step one. The lion is chesed, refining your character. That's step number two. The third, penei nesha, the face of the eagle. Mechuvan neged koach hashlemut. What's step three? Tell me over there what's step three. It's a double step, it has two sides. Know the Torah with all the details and, and uh, learn it and then internalize it. Internalize it so it changes you. So the ego, this is the step. It shows you the perfection that can come to a person who involves themselves with practical Torah. The eagle is the king of the birds. It shows you the strength, the general strength of the birds. Birds can do two things. They can walk 
But birds are much better at flying than they are at walking. I'm assuming we know that. The bird, he doesn't run away from you. A little bit here. You've got the Hoya here at the beach. And the bird, the seagull, he walks away. He realizes you're serious. He's gone. He doesn't need He's not going to run away from you. He's no, no match for your legs, and you're no match for his wings. The walking and the flying are the two different elements of learning Torah. Walking is the practical doing mitzvot, learning mitzvot, that step. The second step is when you fly. When you fly is when your nefesh already became affected. You're not a bird who just walks anymore. Now you're a bird who knows how to fly. That's a whole different step. When you learn Torah, learning Torah, you're a bird who knows how to walk. But when you learn how to use your wings, that's a bird who has realized the greatness of her nefesh and has left the imprint of the Torah in her nefesh. And the last part of the Merkava, step number four, that's what every purpose is for, is to know Hashem to know Him. That's the face of a human being. That's the perfect, complete human being. To know HaKadosh Baruch Hu as much as a human being can know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does the Navi tell us? Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are not your ways. I mean, there's a limit to how much we could truly understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But as much as we can, that's our job. You can't accomplish being a human being until you first accomplish being an ox a lion and an eagle first I'm going to stop here for tonight and if this is too much by the way it's okay if we don't continue in this next week if your feedback is this is too much Kabbalah for me in one bite then I'm happy to leave it for another class where we have time but for right now here's what Avkuk has told us so far there are four steps to knowing to being a, a complete person, a wholesome person. I should have replaced, every time I said perfect before, I should have said wholesome. That would have been a better translation of shlemut. Not perfection, but wholesome. The four, wait, we didn't get that for you. The four steps of a person's growth, and because our growth affects the realms, and because those realms affect the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, then therefore our growth is directly connected to the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. And how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu run the world? Maaseh Merkava. The Merkava has four elements to it. Those four elements, every one of those sides of the chariot represents part of our Avodat Hashem. And last, the highest level, above the ox and above the lion and above the eagle, is the wholesome human being. Remember I told you at the beginning of the Shi'u? It's not just that our actions are not insignificant. Our actions are the most significant. Human beings were given especially those who understand Torah and know Torah, were given the ability to influence and change the whole world for the better. Bezalat Hashem, next week, we're going to take this that we learned to the next level. I'm going to ask you a favor, please. I'm asking you to review everything that we learned today before you come to class next week on Thursday. I can't sit here and explain everything we did. Remember the first four. Remember the second four. And from that place... We're going to continue understanding this until Harav Kook answers for us. So what's the difference between a knight that is made up of three parts 
or a night that is made up of four parts. Until then, I wish everybody a Laila Tov. God willing, a Shabbat Shalom when it comes. And if anybody has any questions or comments, I'm here. Thank you for learning with me tonight.